The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time, and we've got Nick behind the camera, thankfully, because apparently you could hear all the conversations during the commercials last week. I found out today on our broadcast. So, what did we say? I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully no F-words or anything okay, like that. Yeah. Luckily, it was only on YouTube. And again, uh, all four of us work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. Number 11 in the country, number 7 in the state out of all the real estate teams that are out there. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group and make sure to follow and like. So, we had a Fed meeting last week, right? Big surprise. This is the first topic. The Federal Reserve and Chairman Powell uh, approved the anticipated and expected rate hike of another 25 basis points, which is now the highest level in 22 years for the federal funds rate. And the Chairman Powell, he came out and said afterwards, hey, we're going to take in all the data. We're going to see how things go in a couple months. They don't have another meeting again until September. And the door is very wide open for another rate hike come their next meeting. And he went on to say that uh, inflation has moderated, but it's still got a long way to go. Ladies, what's your reaction to the latest Federal Reserve meeting, our favorite topic? I mean, I think we, you know, all the polling was suggesting that that's where, where this was going. So it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. Um, I'm glad that we have a little bit of time before the next meeting. Um, you know, I think, you know, yeah, they were saying we're going to look at data. We're going to make our next decision based off of that. Hopefully they do that. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm really hoping there, there isn't another one coming, but obviously they're already talking about it. So, Well, they did talk. They said, we're going to see what the data says. That was yeah. kind of how they left it. All that in mind, I mean, it wasn't like, hey, we're not raising rates. And that, that's, right. I think, what a lot of people were hoping to hear. Well, they, they got the data to show that inflation was at 3%. So, yeah. Um, you know, and to me, that's much closer to their goal of 2% than where probably inflation, inflation truly is. But hey, if they want to, I know they say it's a 3% minus food and energy, which mm-hmm. are the two main things that <laughs> that people have to pay for. And it's the highest um, for everyday folks. But I think that them signaling that it's possible um, that they would choose to hold steady is a, is a very positive thing to me. Um, of course, they don't want to close the door because if something would happen and they would have to, you know, raise it again, then they wouldn't want to be wrong. You know, mm-hmm. they they wouldn't want to have something, make an incorrect statement there. Um, but it's, I mean, for me, I think it's moving in the right direction. I really believe that if inflation holds where it is, they probably won't raise rates again. They really need to let this cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of now interest rates today. I saw mortgage interest rates were at seven point two five percent, so mm-hmm. that's having real impact in the market now. Anything above seven um, 
generally what I have found is that people, it, it really spooks people and they, they get nervous. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well said. Um, so there's a lot more to unpack here just than the rate hike because, like Stacy said, rates have gone up a little bit. You know, we've seen them, they were kind of trending at seven, seven and an eighth maybe. Now we're seeing seven and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Could be a little reactionary. It's still the beginning of the week after the meeting. We'll, we'll see what happens. The early predictions now, according to the CME group, who predict what the Fed will do at the next meeting, even though we're 49 days away from the next meeting, they're, they're at 82.5% likelihood there's no rate increase, which would be great. Um, you know, when you look at some of these, these comments here, um, what I found interesting was that if you looked at Chairman Powell's comments, he only mentioned housing three times after the meeting. Housing seems to be the biggest issue affected by all this because the economy's chugging along. Affordability is a challenge. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about you know supply and demand. There's very little supply. Demand is is going to wane with these higher rates. There's people that are just saying, "Hey, I, I can't afford a house anymore. I'm not going to move, and I'm I'm just okay sucking it up where I live because I got a three or a four, which is 65 percent of homeowners." The three times he mentioned housing, uh, he mentioned housing. Uh, the first was recent indicators suggest that economic activity has been expanding at a moderate pace. Growth in consumer spending appears to have slowed from earlier in the year. And although activity in the housing sector has picked up somewhat, it remains well below levels of a year ago, largely reflecting higher mortgage rates. And higher interest rates and slower output growth also appear to be weighing on business fixed investment. So what do you think about that first comment? We're going we're gonna to do play-by-play here of our <laughs> Jerome Powell quotes, and hopefully we don't lose all our listeners. What do you think, Sarah? <laughs> I got Stacy stumped here, Sarah. This is uh... yeah. Um, wait, this is the one where he was saying the housing sector has picked up somewhat? Yes, and so, so let, 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 I'll go a little deeper on it, and then we'll get your reaction. So before he said that housing activity has picked up recently, we have seen a little more inventory come up, which is right. Powell mentioned that the full effects of the restrictive policy the Fed has implemented have yet to be felt. And, you know, I just think that that there's a common theme here that the Fed is there to do a job and the job's not yet complete. And it looks like they're going to continue to push these rate hikes. So let's go to the second second time you mentioned this. And I'm shocked it was only three times. To me, this housing should have been first and foremost. Um, With today's action, we raised our policy rate by five and a quarter percentage points since early last year. We've been seeing effects of our policy tightening on demand in the most interest rate sensitive sectors of the economy, particularly housing and investment. It's going to take time for the full effects of the monetary restraint to be realized, especially on reflation and on inflation. Um, so he's I think it's going to get that we're going to see more impact of this later in the year than a lot of people realize, because I don't think they're going to be bringing rates down at all. That That's pretty clear. And then. This was the the weird thing. Um, it, it was. Uh, I think we've got a ways to go to get back to balance, really, for the reasons you talked about with existing homes. There are many people who have low mortgage rates, whereas they might want to sell in a normal situation. They're not going to because they have so much value in their mortgage, which means that supply of existing homes is really tight, keeping prices up. On the other hand, there's a lot of supply coming online right now. I think he went outside and smoked a joint or something when he said that, <laughs> and there are people coming in. A lot of buyers are first-time buyers coming into buying with these relevated, uh, relatively elevated mortgage rates, and it's going to take some time to work through. So th- that comment makes absolutely no sense to me, and, and that's what I get worried about. And the reporter there, this was Mark Hamrick with Bankrate, he should have pressed on that question. 
Right. Like, hey, tell me more about what you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Is this actually going to be happening? Because if it doesn't, like, it, it, it there's there's no explanation to this, and and it's bad reporting in that situation. It's an easy follow up to ask. I just get the sense that they want to crash the housing market, which we've talked about mm-hmm. before. And this, to me, was really the time for them to stop raising rates. And so far, obviously, we've seen they haven't. Well, yeah, I mean, he's like directly contradicting himself just within that one comment here by first saying you have all these people who have low mortgage rates that otherwise would maybe want to sell but now won't. And then, oh, we've got all of this like supply coming in when like, no, we don't. Yeah, it's not even Where's it because of the from, high <laughs> mortgage rates. Now, <laughs> they it, don't want to sell. In, in his defense, we have seen inventory bump up a little bit. I, I mean, if you look at the, the housing wire uh, tracker, um, uh, on week over week. Let me pull this up here. Where is this here? So we're seeing about, we saw about like 5,000 new homes come to the market. I think it was 4,900 nationally. The previous week it was over 8,800. We're still well below where we need to see supply come up. So it, it just, he said, he said this is happening. I don't really see it. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of confused by, by the whole thing. And, and so then Logan Motoshami came out and said, Despite the Fed talk, there's only seventy two thousand homes for sale right now. So it's uh, and um, and they've only, they've only been seventy two, and, and it was seventy two thousand new homes completed for sale. So if they were talking about new construction, I mean that's that's like a drop in the bucket right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious where Pal thinks all the new supplies coming online. Um, and he says a lot of buyers, first time home buyers coming in buying with these relatively elevated mortgage rates. Well, that I really think that you're going to see a big difference if the rates are continue to stay in the sevens. Mm-hmm. About the first-time home buyers, it's becoming very unaffordable for them. Um, what they were able to buy even a year ago is going to be different than what they can buy now. Right. So it, it just makes it that much more challenging for them. Um, but we do have a, a big supply issue. It's very different than it was with only 72,000 listings <laughs> coming on. Um, there's just not enough inventory to meet the demand. So I don't know where he's getting his numbers as far as um, he, him thinking that there's going to be supply coming online now. Again, with people sitting on interest rates in the fours, threes and fours, they're not going to they're not going to go. I just had a conversation today where somebody's like, I'm fine where I am. Right. Not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, rates are too high. I'm not moving. We're happy right. where, where our home is. Now, it, it would have been a different story if the interest rates were in the fours. Mm-hmm. You know, they they would entertain the move up, you know, yeah. the expansion of the home. So, um, yeah, he needs to come. I think Pal needs to come sit with us, like, in some of our trainings. Can we get him on the show? <laughs> right, right. Can we get him on the show? Because... I think it's he's not living in the real world as far as what's going on in the housing market. Right. I mean, but he seems like happy with what's what he's doing. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He likes it. He's yeah. It's, he likes it. As as long as the economy is, is moving in that <laughs> yeah, you know, uh turbulent place. Like I I do believe that they are trying to and we've always said that from the beginning, they're trying to crash the housing market, you know, right. to some extent. Mm-hmm. Trying to really put a pause on that. That's something that it's a huge part of the GDP. And, and, you know, with people still buying, people that have the means are still buying and they're paying over asking price and, mm-hmm. and doing those things. 
people that are motivated and have a real need to move, uh, that is still going on and still driving the prices up because of the supply. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the, the reaction from the business community has been in line with everything we're talking about here. So Barry Sternlight, who owns Starwood Capital, he's a billionaire real estate investor. He claims that the Fed is putting the U.S. into a Category 5 hurricane. Um, I mean, that that's, it sounds pretty bad. I've never been in a hurricane. Um, but uh, if, you, if you look at um, what, what, what he says here, he, he calls it a black cloud over the entire industry until we get some relief or some understanding of what the Fed's going to do over the longer term. And there, there's a lot of people that feel this way. So Barry Sternlight owns tons of rental properties, literally like thousands of them. And he is being critical because he believes a portion of the data that they use is very lagging. We've talked about this before. They didn't see inflation when it was here. And when they showed up, they showed up late and big. And I think, you know, that this is the person that we're, you know, and, and, and the group and the, the governing body that's supposed to be navigating this. And if they're using lagged data, I mean, imagine if you went to a home seller today, hey, here's what homes are selling for in 2019. Right, right. <laughs> or 2021, right? And, and they, they would look at you, they would just throw you out and you'd be fired, which is, which is part of the challenge here. Um, and now we've got these issues happening with office vacancies, like the commercial market. You know, we, we uh, think it's been tough being residential uh-huh. realtors the, 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 these past, this past year. Mortgage lenders, way harder. Commercial real estate and office buildings, I mean, because all their financing is tied to, it's directly tied to what the Fed's doing, not like we see uh, pricing off the 10-year. And the, the uh, commercial loans are typically only fixed for five years, and they, they, they fluctuate based on prime. So we've got these challenges that are happening here. So Barry Sternlight doesn't like it. Um, we've also got some other people that don't like it. So, and, and we're seeing some predictions in line with that. So I want to get your thoughts on these predictions here. So Zillow came out and they revised their predictions. Um, and they believe that home prices have bottomed out. And now they are calling for, and this is, we're going to see two, we're going to show you some different predictions here. They're calling for literally a, um, 7% or greater appreciation between June of this past year to June of next year. Then you've got Case Schiller, who's saying we're going to see sideways growth in home prices, meaning they're going to stay flat. And I, I, you know, it, it's—I mean, these are two major companies that are in the prediction business, and it really demonstrates that the the lack of clarity from the Fed on what's happening next. I think everyone's guessing on how this is going to affect the market. And that's what these people are paid to do. Totally get it. So, wh- where do you think prices go, and what does it do for the market? Because rates above seven are going to be an issue. I don't think there's any question there. If they stay there, my hope is the job report that we're supposed to get on Friday is like really favorable, and it shows wage growth slowing down. And maybe we'll see mortgage rates come back down a little bit. Uh, but we've persistently seen seven percent rates. So we've got two predictions: Zillow and Case Shiller. Are they both wrong? What do, what do you ladies think? Well, real estate is regional and local, so I'm sure there are some places without within the uh, United States that are having some stabilization in their home prices mm-hmm. or even some drop in the pricing right. where the markets aren't as fiery. Um, people are actually maybe possibly moving out of those markets. Mm-hmm. So the competition is less, which levels out the pricing. Um, here in our local market, it's it's still, the prices have still been going up and up and up. So I can I can agree with a little bit of both. Yeah. I think there's there's I think Zillow you know has a point there. Mm-hmm. I think in our area we could probably see that increase right. to that extent. Um, 
But in other markets, it is going to be sideways. Right. Well, and what, like, when it's not um, some of these intense highs and lows that we've seen, like your average standard is 5%, right? I mean, three to three, five is kind of like five. the normal number. Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's, I think for our local market here, we're going to be around that 5%. I don't know that we'd be quite up to seven, but I don't think that we're going to be flat here. Well, I, I agree with you there that we never see like the highs or the lows. I mean, right. I've been through the, when, the, the foreclosure crisis and everything else. And, uh, you know, really, I, I don't, I think nationally we probably could see some side, like a, if there was a national number, it could be sideways. That's a horrible way to look at anything, if you ask me. You got to know what's going on nationally and then look at it locally. So I, I do tend to agree that we're going to see some some sideways movement. And also, I, I'm clear it's going to depend on where the homes are priced. Mm-hmm. Like the, the premium market is probably going to be a little flatter than the median market. So you mm-hmm. really have like three segments of the market. You got the, the first-time buyers, you got the trade-up and move down, and then you got the premium. Mm-hmm. Premium, I think, is going to be the softest of the three because the costs at seven or whatever jumbo rate you get are way higher than the mm-hmm. costs at three. Mm-hmm. The median market, that's, a, that's more of an at-need-based buyer or seller where they're downsizing, the house is too small, the house is too big, whatever it is. Um, death, divorce, diamonds, we've heard all that. So those folks tend to move more regularly, and there's always a buyer for those sort of properties. First-time buyers, I think, are less affected than anybody because of rental rates, and they've gone up even though they've started to level out a little bit. And Barry Sternlight, who owns all of these buildings, he's seeing that himself. So you know, they're looking at high rents versus 7%. It's like, well, what's the difference? I might as well buy something, at least build some equity given the appreciation that we see. Mm-hmm. So... Right. You know, with this, I mean, my my hope here, and I'd love to get your take on this, and then we can uh, take a quick break and and jump into the real estate sentiment about all this, what the agents are seeing. My hope is the Fed gets a wake-up call because there are tons and tons of people. I mean, I could go down the list of everyone that's saying, stop raising rates right now. You've got senators calling for this, elected officials. I mean, take that for what it is. You've got experts like Logan Motoshami, building owners like Barry Sternlight, there's people in the mortgage industry, uh, Melissa Cohn, who's from uh, William Ravis. She actually came out, she was quoted in Real Trend saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the arena. This is causing problems. And she, she's a very high-level loan processor. All these folks are saying, stop raising rates. I don't know what it's going to take for the Fed to listen. My hope is this poll from CME Group is right. And now they have two months of data. I'm clear that's going to be a big deal here because – two months of data is so much different than one month. It's a little longer. We've got some time to let this play out. We're going to see what happens with back to school and all, all that, where there's typically like a spent a little bit of like consumer spending that's built in. My hope is the Fed stops raising rates moving ahead. I don't know if they will. I think there's a, there's a chance. We're definitely not going to see a cut. I just want to see the, the hikes stop. Just want to see the hikes stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely want to see the hikes stop. And then in terms of appreciation, you know, we want to see it positive. Like, you know, Absolutely. you're getting into these, right? you know, you're investing in these homes. Like, you you want that to appreciate year over year. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's good and that's healthy. Uh, we don't want to see it skyrocket. Um, but, like, slow, steady, normal growth is good. <laughs> Exactly. I don't trust um, the Fed and what they do. Right. <laughs> I don't. So, I mean, it's very well possible they could raise another 25 basis points, which would, you know, that when is it end? When is it going to be like the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, that's all, 
they don't know. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And there's so many people that are saying, stop, stop, stop. But they're going to do what they're going to do. They yeah. really just, they want to see some big change in the housing market. And it it's it hasn't happened to their satisfaction to their satisfaction. I'm really hopeful this jobs report shows that wage growth is slowing. And 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 there was a time earlier in the year cuz look we we have we hire people, right? And some of the the requests being asked of these potential employees or potential hires, and really it's the employees more than anything else. You're both agents so it's a different situation. The expectation of some of these folks is is a little mind-blowing to me. I was talking with a, a friend of mine over the weekend and this person runs, um, you know, kind of like a, like a hybrid, like gym sort of fashion store that you probably don't. And she was talking to uh, this person was talking to the receptionist at the company. And it's a part time job for the receptionist. And the receptionist said, I just quit my full time job because I wasn't getting six weeks of vacation. This is th- this person has been in the workforce for less than a year. Oh my God. And the like, well, I think it demonstrates that the expectation of wages and benefits and packages is a little out of whack. And. The fact that the I, I I give the employer whoever I don't even know who this person is that 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 said hey that's not going to work for me a lot of credit because I don't know many people that get six weeks paid vacation in general um, obviously we're independent contractors so it's different I don't know that I take six weeks vacation ever <laughs> I mean it, it, it's so it, it, you know even when I went on a two week honeymoon when I got married I mean it's incredible what the expectations are and. That mindset, and I'm, I'm hopeful that more employers are going to react that way because that might cause the Fed to kind of chill out a little bit here because it, it goes both ways. And the the unemployment numbers have just been mind-boggling. So if that pulls back, maybe we'll see rates come down. I don't yeah, know. Demanding We're six still... weeks right off the bat. That's This that's... person had just graduated from college. Yeah. Wow. Well, the employer said, they said no. They said no. Good for Good. them. Whoever you are out there listening, I'm sure you're, you're, you're hearing the show. <laughs> and you know who we're talking about. Congratulations. So... On that note, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. Despite everything we just talked about, real estate agents are seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. We'll explain what that means next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. 
If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. We've got Nick behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number eleven in the country, number seven out of all the real estate teams in the state. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Make sure to follow and subscribe. So we just talked about the Fed and all the all this stuff, and you know. Didn't leave a good feeling after we got done that segment. It sounds, you know, a little, you know, disappointing to hear what's going on. And and I think a lot of people feel that way. Surprisingly, there's a new report out there that says real estate agents see a light at the end of the tunnel. And what I mean by that is that according to Aceable Agent, it's an online uh, real estate licensing firm. They compiled a survey to answer the question, is now a good time to be a real estate agent? And there was an, an 88% sample size of the agents surveyed reported being satisfied or very satisfied with their careers in real estate. So clearly, some people are feeling positive. Some people are feeling a lot differently. 58% of respondents felt positive about the current real estate market, said the report. And I was a little little surprised by this. So what's your take here? I mean, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel, by the way. I'm really optimistic about where things are going and, and, and what's happening and kind of resetting your business a little bit. Were you surprised to hear this sort of uh, survey result, ladies? Kind of, yeah. Because, I mean, I feel it has been, um, you know, it's a different, I guess it depends on when these these people that were surveyed got into the market, what they were used to, what their expectations were, um, you know, and all of those pieces that would factor into it. Uh, but that did seem like a higher percentage than what I would have I would have guessed. Yeah, especially since there's a lot of agents getting out of the uh, out of the business right. now. Hundred thousand so yeah. far this year. So I guess they're talking to the ones that are still still in it, in it. <laughs> <laughs> and are reaping the benefits of having so many get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, you get out of your business what you put into your business, right? And you have to focus and control what you can. There's going to be always going to be those outside things that happen that you have no control over. But the one thing we can do is control what we do and how we handle our business and what we do to grow our business. Mm-hmm. So be honest with yourself. Are you taking the steps necessary to grow your business? 
You know, are you following up with your clients? Are you doing all the things that you should do to, to grow your business? Because it is ultimately up to you. Right. As, as a small business owner, we can't really depend on anybody else. Right. To hand us over the keys to our kingdom. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah. It is very much like what you put into it, you you get out of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of agents, though, obviously, a lot of the ones that are getting out of this business, they thought it would probably be easy, you know, <laughs> given the, the way the market was and in those years right after COVID opened up. And when it really comes down to it, any type of business you have, any any type, I don't care if you have a small retail store, whatever you have, you it's it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You have to dedicate everything to it, to, to build it and grow it. Um, some people, and it's fine if you don't want to do that, but right. you have to know what your limitations are and you have to know yourself better. Right. So I, I, I tend to agree with you that I think the people that got into real estate for the right reasons. So here's all the wrong reasons. It's easy. I can make a lot of money. Anybody can do this. I, I had a bad experience with my real estate agent and I realized what a numbskull they were and I can do better. Maybe that's actually a good reason to get into the business, but that's a, that's another story. A lot of people, they, they and the NAR numbers, by the way, if you look at last year compared to 2021, in 2021, the average real estate agent worked 35 hours a week. In 2022, it dropped to 30 hours a week. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I would argue 2022 was a harder market than 21. So seeing that number drop kind of tells me that maybe some of these people that would have responded negatively aren't in the business anymore. So, um, you know, you you look further into this article, according to the market um, and and Altos research uh, uh, report that came out, the housing market might be approaching a soft landing. And 83% of the agents said the market would improve in the next six months. And that's where the light at the end of the tunnel may be. Um, You know, if if rates do come down, I don't see inventory changing. I think the inventory is still going to be stuck at this, like, crawl until things get untenable. And because of what the Fed did, they overreacted and then overreacted again. I don't don't see the market changing too much the next couple years. Now, the, the flip side is... There's also people that maybe got into the business in 2019, 2020, 2021 and said, you know what? That was cool. I like the pace of this market better. I don't have to work all the time because I only have a 15-minute window to show a property on Sunday at 7 o'clock at night because of the pandemic restrictions. And I, I see a lot of people taking more con- – I mean, we're doing this with our team right now. We literally just – uh, we talked about this on last Wednesday um, and where, okay, we're going to over-index on the things we know that are going to help people and – I'm clear there's a lot of market share to be taken right now. And maybe that's the people who responded here mm-hmm. or the folks that said, you know what? I'm getting into real estate now because I know it's hard and I want to learn when it's a harder market versus the people that got their licenses. And I'm, I'm talking like the second half of 2020 because they got laid off or they weren't working or they got four load or 2021 because they didn't want to go back to work in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was a lot of issues. There was a lot yeah. of people that felt that way. They got into real estate that were like the fly by night part-time working remember the, if the average is 30 hours that means there's a lot of people working less than 30 hours like that's something right. really to keep in mind yeah i think i worked 30 hours yesterday <laughs> i know it's possible i know i, know. I mean i feel like even on like your day off you're still at least working an hour or two between mm-hmm. like you know emails texts calls like even on like if you're like on vacation like you still have a chunk that you're setting aside Every day, for the most part, you know, dealing with things. So, it's and then when you're on vacation, right, right. Oh, I know. Yeah, especially when you're on vacation, it's like all of a sudden everything like comes out. But, um, yeah. And then when like your average, just like work week, it's kind of wild to think 
I mean, literally, hours. I probably get done working every night at like seven o'clock at night, sometimes yeah. eight. Yeah. Depends what time my wife starts yelling at me to stop working. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing. If you, you have no, a number, both of you do. You can, yeah. you can go ask her. Oh, I, I understand. It's, yeah, it, and there, it's, it's really difficult. I'm, I think some people in this business have been more successful than I have been to really carve out and set those hard stops. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. But again, when I had my own business before, I had a hard time with that. So it's just not my personality to have hard stops. Right. So, um, you know, the weekends, that's go time for me mm-hmm. and pretty much everybody in this business. Yeah. Because that's when buyers are out there looking. Yeah. So weekends are, are it's it's crazy. Yeah. You know, Saturday morning to Saturday night, Sunday morning to Sunday night. It's just a, you know, a yeah. flow of showings and offer writings and information and things like that. So if you talk to some agents who have expectations of having a normal weekend or weekends right. away, it's it's very difficult and that could totally put a cramp in their in their schedules. Right. <laughs> in right. their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a different. It's a different type of business. Mm-hmm. It is similar to retail where you work all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially around the holidays. Yeah. Where we tend to slow off a little bit around the holidays, but yeah. It's a good time to buy and sell around Christmas. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on this, Stacey, and I think it's it, – the, the reason I see some of these people being so optimistic, and, uh, I mean, this is something we're, we are literally doing right now is scaling listings. It's really never been done before from like a like – a, it's usually one person or, or two people doing a, the vast majority of listings. If you can control the listings in the market, then you can get your weekends back. You can, I mean, how many times have you submitted yeah. an offer and you said, hey, like, hey, we're not getting back to you till Monday, mm-hmm. right? And if you're an agent out there listening to this, you want to find an organization that's going to actually show you how to list homes. You guys have both been on listing appointments with me. Mm-hmm. I'm setting listing appointments for our team right now and bringing folks with me to train them as long as they're doing the work and ready to go. And, you know, and, and also setting appointments for both of you. T- I mean, you guys have gone on listing appointments. I'm like, hey, this person's going to meet you at three. Go get it. Mm-hmm. And... That's where you get control back, and there's 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 also methods to do this in your business. A lot of agents they don't plan ahead. So imagine if you just called all your clients you weren't going to see over the weekend on Thursday, and you said to them, "Hey Sarah, so no new homes fit the market this week. I've been looking very you know diligently. I, I we've got some activity on your home. Let's see kind of what happens. The latest you're going to hear from me is Monday afternoon." They're not blowing you up all weekend because they know when to expect to hear from you. And that could work for a buyer or a seller because uh, clarity creates certainty. And not enough agents, they just they, they get run by their clients. They just say, hey, I'm, if you tell a client you're available 24-7, it's a mistake. Right. Do you know when they're going to reach out to you? The worst time. Yep. What, what would be the worst time for you? Um, well, there's, I mean, it would depend <laughs> on the day. But either like late at night or um, when you're like, Giving your kid a bath, like yeah. doing bedtime. Um, yeah. First yeah. thing in the morning, like yeah. 6 a.m. Right, right. Mm-hmm. My move was if someone called me after a certain time, I would just call them really early in the morning next day when I was up. And I'm like, hey, you want to call me at 9? I'm calling you at 530. Like, <laughs> let's let's go. Buckle up. <laughs> Mainly agents. I would never do that to a client. But the point is, like, and, and usually they're like sleeping all the time. So, and, and, and that's a call that can be prioritized. And if you time block your calls and like, all right, I'm going to call, call agents at this time. I'm going to call my clients at this time. And the rest of the time, I'm just looking for new business. Then, you know, that's why I see, I see a light at the end of the tunnel because you can have, be more methodical with your business right now than 
having to jump and like, oh no, this home came on the market. I got to go show it right now because there's going to be 25 offers. That market's mm-hmm. gone. And I think that's, to me, why the survey results are what they are because I prefer a market like this personally where you can control things a lot more than when you're at the mercy of whatever the knucklehead who list sells one home a year decides to do with their their listing that they got from their dead uncle's cousin that they know and because that that's really how it goes i, I I'm, I'm i'm not trying to ra- stacy is like dying here for the for all our listeners and i think <laughs> both of you guys are but this this is reality right mm-hmm. i mean that's just how it is so i see this as a direct reflection of i can control the business a little more right now where it was out of control from 2020 right. until 2022 well, Stacy, what for like timing for you? What is your cutoff for like if it's a weekday night and something comes up that you need to talk to your client about? If it's not like your house just caught on fire, um, what like what time is for you? Like, all right, that's going to be for first thing tomorrow or or whatever. Really depends if they're super hot, active clients and, you know, something it's Thursday night and something just popped on the MLS and we want to set up a showing ASAP. Yeah. Um, You know, anything, I mean, I'm pretty good at up till nine. Yeah. If I'm negotiating offers and we need to get some things established, then we go beyond that. Right. Yeah. If it's something where Mm -hmm. it's like we're getting an offer in. Right. You're going to be communicating with me until it's submitted. Right. <laughs> like, right. And right. If some, or yeah. the listing agent got back to us and said, hey, can you do these terms and that right. term? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It really just depends on the situation. Anybody else, you know, if I see a text pop through, I can, it'll wait till yeah, tomorrow. Like, yeah. Yeah. And other agents, um, I think they're the most annoying on the weekends mm-hmm. if you have a listing. Yeah. Because they're the ones that don't read the agent notes. Right. And they're the ones that, you know, <laughs> Can't find the lockbox when it's clearly notated (laughs) where it is. (laughs) Um, I think they're the most annoying. It's really not the sellers. If you set those expectations Mm -hmm. that you're not going to talk to, you know, seller, Mr. Seller, we're not going to talk until after the weekend. Yeah. You'll you'll see the feedback come through in real time. Mm -hmm. If there's anything pressing, I'll reach out. But if not, then... um, this is where we are until Monday. But it is the other agents that can blow up your phone and right, right. try to hunt you down. Yeah, well, and and usually questions. it's because that's all they have going on. They don't have a real business. It's like, I got to yeah. get this deal signed so I can d- do whatever else. And it's not they don't read comments. They don't read, period. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, if you want right. to hide something from a real estate agent, just put it on the MLS because <laughs> right. they're never going to get it. They're never going to look at it. And, and the agents that do follow the instructions, they're the ones you want to work with, right? right? And I think that's, the, like, I mean, and, and we talk about this all the time. I mean, there's, times when you can press for an answer mm-hmm. there's other times you got to kind of back off and let mm-hmm. it play out and yeah. it, it goes both ways so it is funny sometimes when you'll call like a listing agent you have a buyer and like you've read all the notes and maybe you have something that you needed like clarified in there and when you're like okay so i know it says this or this and they're like oh my god like thank you for reading the comments right. <laughs> like the no- like thank you it's <laughs> like they probably got so many other calls that day where like None of that was even looked at, and it's just like, I just need clarification on this one thing, you know? Right. <laughs> it is funny. And that, that, that's, a, that's a really great way to look at it. So I, I'm not totally surprised by this. In my view, this is something that the people that want to take control of their business, they want to have a controllable, repeatable, scalable business, they, they do see opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And it's about like having a number every month you're trying to hit and being able to, to, to navigate through that. So it's, it's all the basics, right? It's time blocking, yep. having conversations, understanding what your lead indicators are. And when you do all those things and you're not reliant, like anytime you're looking for like the easy deal, that's, that's short term, right? That's a short term win. 
when you do things to build your business long term, that's where you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I know this is all we've been feel. I feel like the, you know the three of us and the rest of our team have been working on all years. What's going to help us win long term? And that's usually where it goes. So on, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we've got some some breaking news of a new partnership that just got announced between Zillow and Redfin to help buyers and home builders connect. So we'll talk about all that next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, along with Nick behind the camera. And we're live every single week, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So we've got this this breaking news here. I, I this is the second time we've had breaking news. I think maybe third. Um, so. Zillow came out with an announcement today uh, that Zillow Group's new construction listings will be automatically syndicated to Redfin, connecting home builders with motivated buyers on both platforms. And the strategic partnership is meant to expand the reach of home builder listings on Zillow and allow Redfin customers to explore a broader range of new construction homes for sale, creating a seamless home buying experience. Um, this partnership comes when new construction has probably 
been more popular than ever because it's actually available. You can actually right. buy it. I mean, it's expensive. Don't don't get me wrong. And in June 2023, new home sales were up over 23% from last year because of the dwindling existing home inventory and folks shifting to new construction. So what what do you guys think about all this? I mean, I'll, I, I literally, this article got texted to me when we showed up for the show here today. So I'm looking into this now. What's your initial reaction right off the bat? Well, interesting, um, <laughs> but not surprising. Um, and this is definitely going to cut out uh, a lot of agents. Um, I know that, you know, we, we help some buyers get into new construction, but there's a lot of time the buyers circumvent and they go to new construction on their own. Mm-hmm. Which has always been the case, by the way. This yes. is going on as long as I've been, been doing business. Correct. What they don't understand is that the people in the sales office represent the builder. So they're not getting their own representation if they go directly to the builder. Um, and I, I just am a firm believer that everybody needs their own representation to avoid any type of conflict because anything can go sideways. So is this, is this basically saying that they would, you know, you're on Zillow and then you go to new construction and then rather than it being like contact an agent, it's like, we'll set an appointment for you with the builder. The home builder. Directly. That's what that's doing. Okay. But I think, I mean, for the most part, can't they do that now? Like, can't they schedule... So I mean, with the builder now, you can walk into a sales yeah, office. There's already builder. I mean, I, see, I, I actually I disagree with you a little bit on this. I mean, there's national builders that were paying five hundred dollar commissions right. on, um, uh, you know, and, and cooperating in the MLS, which they can do that, right? right? I mean, especially now, you can you can do whatever you want. They have their own real estate salespeople. So right, it, it, this is not something that is is foreign to me. Mm-hmm. I've worked for a builder and got and it was the listing agent and still got cut out of the transactions if they went to the builder directly. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't do new construction anymore. That was mm-hmm. I've shared the story with you guys many times. It was the best Memorial Day of my life when we parted <laughs> ways in twenty uh, two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, so I was going to say twenty sixteen. That's how long ago it was. It's two thousand six. So. The point is that, you know, I, I see this as something where you look at the biggest builders that are out there, like Toll Brothers, right? They, they have their own sales force. Now, Toll Brothers will work with agents, and they advocate mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. There's other national outfits like Ryan Homes that mm-hmm. does not see value there, Mm-mm. and they they look at it a lot differently. Um, so, and and to me, I, I you know, this is less of a Zillow Redfin issue. I don't, I'm just, none of this surprises me. I mean, Redfin has been trying to cut out agents. They have salaried agents. I've talked to a lot of Redfin agents, by the way. I mean, their their experiences go go show as many homes as you can and do very little prep work. I mean, they're showing forty homes in a weekend. Yeah, right. oh can you gosh. imagine doing that? Ugh. So, well, I guess if you're not prepping for them, right? Just uh, going from place to place. show up, you know, <laughs> got a sandwich in your hand or something. Looking all raggedy. <laughs> I, if I showed forty homes in a weekend, oh, yeah, no, I would look I, raggedy. Yeah. Um, but but that's what happens when you incentivize people on activity as opposed right. to results. Like that, right. that's a fundamental issue with with and that's going to attract a certain kind of client. So mm-hmm. looking at what all these companies do, I, this is like the least surprising thing I've seen because all of them are trying to get a piece of the the commission pie, and that money goes right to the builder when they don't have it have an agent. So that increases mm-hmm. their revenue. This to me it really just demonstrates how important it is to have clear conversations with your clients. The loyalty speech, we've talked about this before. The buyer consultation, foreign concept for a lot of these agents, like mm-hmm. th- those things matter. And when you skip those steps, the consumer that actually cares about getting represented in the transaction, well, they, 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 they just they go along with this. So 
I don't think this is that big of a surprise. I, I think it's more this is another reason agents, to our last point, need to go back to what's worked in the past, which is if a buyer wants to work with me, they got to meet me in my office, i got to show them the process and whatever else happens after that or whatever your intake process is. Right. And whether it be that first initial meeting at the house during a showing, set, a t- set aside some dedicated time to go through the entire buying process mm-hmm. and expectations. And, hey, if you are going to consider looking at new construction, definitely let them know that you're working with somebody so that you have your own representation. I, th- I, I know that most people don't understand how that works. Right. So, And even if it is the Ryan $500 commission home, you might not have to go to and show them the house because they have mm-hmm. open houses mm-hmm. endlessly. But at least if, you know, you are at least representing them. Um, but there's a lot of other builders that um, they, they're not like Ryan where mm-hmm. it's the $500. Right. They actually offer a decent compensation. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of them are like, yeah, like the two, you know, whatever percentage off of the base price. So like they're not right. going to take into account upgrades and right. and all of that and like what the actual final house, you know, ended up. Costing, right? But um, yeah, at least they're starting at the base price, which is nice. Yeah, you know, no, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and and what we've seen happen is, I mean, of the available homes, new construction is like a third of the available properties right now, which which is wild. And um, there, it it looks like, according to some of the the new construction consumer housing trend reports that Zillow put out there, um, a lot of people want these shared amenities like fitness centers, um, clubhouses, and Though that that's a different sort of buyer that, because fifty three percent of new construction buyers value that, but only twenty four percent actually want it from the whole buying population. Like me personally, I don't need I don't want all that stuff. I don't need all that stuff. I you know, I can go work out in my basement, that's fine. If I want to see my neighbors, I'll talk to them. I don't need to go to like a clubhouse. Other folks want that. And it it, it really you pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. You pay for all these amenities and the way they're building these communities right now, it's a little different. So with, with I all- noticed more of those in the like fifty five plus Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of communities that want to have that like or like the golf course communities that, yeah, that's yeah, pretty popular too have the like more of that social like gathering place right I agree I, I think most of them are yeah yeah they have all the the pool and mm-hmm. libraries and things like right, that right right but then that's a whole different you know the, it's a retired supposed to be retired segment of population. So they have a lot more time on their hands, supposedly. So maybe they would like to do and participate in those things. Right. And they're okay to pay with it, uh, to pay for it, Mm -hmm. since they're... They're the values there for them. They want it. And it's in the community. They don't have to go outside the community. Right. You know how driving at night. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes if they're gated communities, it offers a sense of security. If they are snowbirds and they go south, then they know their property's protected. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. Well, and some of those are also, I mean, the golf course is a little different because that's like a whole, th- I, I don't golf, but that's like a whole thing. Like you go to the clubhouse afterwards, you, mm-hmm. you know, get something to eat, whatever, you know, get a drink, whatever that is. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there, there are, there, there is value in that, in, in those, in those for certain people, especially if it's like a more rural location. Like, I mean, Applebrook's a good example. Like that's out in West Bradford. There's really not a whole lot around there. So they have like a restaurant on site and the golf course is there. That, that can make sense because if you want to do anything else, it's like 15, 20 minutes away. So so what do you what do you make of this partnership? I mean, are we going to see more builders try to cut out real estate agents? I mean, is that, uh, uh, that Stacey, that's kind of how I insinuated from your comments here. So what, 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 what do you anticipate happening with this partnership? 
Well, yeah, that's that's how I see this. I yeah. see that the builders are really trying to totally cut us out of it altogether. Um, because it's going to save them money. Right. Ultimately, you know. So if they have a direct connection, direct link, hey, let's get the buyers in here directly yeah. minus the other agent, then right. why not? Yeah. I think this headline is nonsense that Zillow put out. Home builders partnering with Zillow will now have their listings and communities automatically syndicated. That was already happening. <laughs> it's already on Redfin. Right. Every listing is everywhere. This is all nonsense right. that they get like special exposure right now. Mm-hmm. And they already have the same visibility. So if you look at what Zillow's been trying to do, what Redfin's done, and what home builders have done historically, I mean, I've been cut out of many new construction sales. It, it happens. Um, and it's having the, the loyalty speech is probably the most important thing for real estate agents. You, you guys know the loyalty speech, right? I'm going to explain it for everyone. I think it might be relevant here. So don't do this at the first appointment. Do it at the second appointment. So you meet someone once. It's kind of like the interview. You, the goal is to get them to meet at the, at meet you again, right? Mm-hmm. The second appointment, hey, so hey, Saren, uh, excuse me. Hey, Saren, Stacy. So we've been on a couple times right now, and I'm not the kind of person that's going to throw a contract in your face. What I am asking for is some loyalty from you. So if you go to a new construction job, sign me up as your agent. If you see it for sale by owner, Call me. You see something online, call me because I can get you all the information as opposed to getting the person that works for the seller, which is like calling your husband or wife's divorce attorney to represent you in the split up. Do you really do yep. you really want that person representing your interest in such a large financial decision? And I'm spending time. I'm not asking for you to sign anything. I just want to know I'm working for you and I'm looking for that same common courtesy back. Yep. Is that okay with you? And this has got to be in person because you've got to see their body language. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some people say yes and then just screw you over massively. Right. It's happened, I'm sure it's happened to you guys. It's happened that to me happened many times. too many times. Yes. Yep. And that's, well, that's his business, right? I mean, right. I think it's, it's sales in general. So this is an in-person at like the second appointment. I, I find that to be very helpful. And I hope all the agents listening out there and everyone watching on YouTube and everywhere else, that to me is something that needs to be part of your customer intake process. Yeah. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I think there are sometimes clients that like, just don't realize that like this is how you get paid (laughs) you know like there isn't um yeah (laughs) like when you're spending all of this time and uh researching all these properties and sending them all of this information like none of that is it's all building towards like eventually them wanting to make a real estate transaction exactly well, it's a black and white business too. I mean, and and you know, I was talking to uh, Brian yesterday. He's our sales manager, and sometimes you got to be okay with like I got to look at the whole volume of business I'm doing. Sometimes you're going to do a lot of work and make a little bit of money, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do not a lot of work and make a lot of money. But it's the volume of business that you put out there, yeah. and when you have that kind of approach, that it's like I'm here to sell a house, and you either sell it or you don't. There's much more upside when you sell the home, get your name on another property, get your sign up, be able to tell people I sold that house. So. That's what I would do. Yeah. We're going to leave it there. That's it for this week's episode. If you want to follow Stacy, she is on Instagram at the number two Mitchco. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time. You can follow me at TomTool3RD at TomTool3rd. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. That's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.
month of a kafox, every year millions of animals lose their homes and end up in shelters. Learn how to help animals in need of rescue and adoption at AmericanHumane.org and be a hero to our best friends in their worst times. The way we treat animals affects all of us. Cruelty overseas led to a pandemic, killing a million people. Help us fight back and make a better world for animals and people by visiting AmericanHumane.org and signing our new deal for animals.